In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Life itself teaches us two ways of reacting to every situation. The reaction of acceptance and the reaction of rejection. And so many things that are happening to us beyond our control can be accepted or rejected. This acceptance is to take it, to take the situation, trying to own it, trying to adapt to the different possibilities within the condition that is presented to us, or we could also flee from it. To accept, in Latin, is accipere, is to take it for your own, or to reject, re, yacere, to throw, yacere, re, throw it back, repulsion. With the exception of sin, which always needs to be rejected, several of those uh, conditions that are given by God, which we discern in prayer, have to be accepted. And the acceptance in itself brings joy, peace, serenity, tranquility. On the other hand, when we reject those things that come to us, when we are repelled and act with that rebellion in our hearts, except sin will bring us sadness a very tense um, feeling in discomfort. In the Gospels, we find one man who is placed to us as a model of acceptance. Pope Francis, as he wrote to us an apostolic letter entitled Patris Corde, the Heart of the Father, gives us an example of a man who knew how to accept the plans of God. I'm referring to Saint Joseph. When he received this instruction of our Lord in a dream, he was told, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Pope Francis comments that the joy of the life of St. Joseph was in accepting that important mission. He accepted Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's words. The nobility of his heart is such that what he learned from the law, he made dependent on his charity. Often in life, Lord, we can direct ourselves now to him. Things happen to me without understanding, without context, without meaning. The meaning is very cloudy. I am confused why certain events take place. The phenomenon of the pandemic, for example. The situation you find yourself in. If you are, like many others, having problems with their financial needs. If you find yourself in unemployment. Or if you have encountered and perhaps magnified these days family problems family concerns you of course naturally raise your heart to God and you would want to ask him Lord why why are these things happening St. Joseph's path Pope Francis says is a path of not seeking explanation His first reaction was to accept what he was told, which meant discomfort, which meant hassle, changing his status now as the father of that savior, the caretaker, the custodian of the Redeemer and his mother. When he accepted the plans of God, he set aside his own ideas, Patis Corde writes, in order to accept the course of events and mysterious as they seemed to embrace them, to take responsibility for them and make them part of his own history. Unless we are reconciled with our own history, we will be unable to take a single step forward, for we will always remain hostage to our expectations, and the disappointments will follow. Examine yourself right now in the presence of our Lord. What are the things that disappoint me? What are those realities that I have not yet accepted? Except for the reality of sin, which we highlight, we would want to reject. We have to learn how to accept situations. We have to accept our condition. We have to accept our status. We are to accept ourselves. Our God-given talents. Thanks be, thanks be to you, Lord, because you gave them to me. And also our defects. And by divine will. And also, with respect for freedom, we have to also accept those people around us. 
to those fathers of families, you have to take your wife and could need to be that instrument for her. For those who are called to be fathers, you have to accept your children and take them also and guide them to the right path. All of us have our past lives which may have been causes for our own corruption, our own downfall, our own, we would say, bad dreams. Made us crooked, more having that tendency towards evil. My Lord, in your presence, I also accept this. I, I accept my frailty. I accept my lack of virtue. I accept your help, your love. I mention this very first point of our prayer now because I feel many problems in the interior life are resolved with acceptance. Our joy as Christians also depends on this acceptance. Our Lord, understanding the spiritual path of all his followers, depends on our love and correspondence and acceptance of certain situations by which we will be looking for him and accompanied by him seek sanctity. And, uh, the other day, I was um, with the permission of the bishop and also the parish priest. I celebrated a mass in the house, the home of my parents. And I have a nephew who happens to be very young. He's six years old. He's in grade one. And he wanted to have his role, his role as a reader in the Mass. Um, I realized after thinking about it that it's not yet time <laughs> that he becomes the re reader for the first reading in the responsorial psalm because of the terms, the vocabulary, and perhaps since he has not yet received his first communion, it's not best that he be tapped as a lector, not yet. And so during the Mass, after the sign of the cross, he started crying. And he started making tantrums. And nobody could appease him. We all wondered why. And when I talked to him after, the celebration, he admitted it was because he wanted to read. And he did not want to accept that he was not given that role. Sometimes, Lord, because of this rejection of situations in life that you allow, that you also want, that is under your divine will, I make myself sad. I lose my composure. I can also cry. 
I can also um, be very anxious. And I find myself this, in this situation often. In prayer, Lord, may I seek you in what you want. May I try to do what you want from me. As soon as you accept what God has given to you, as soon as you accept his divine will, you and I will find ourselves very happy. Our Lord loves us so much. He understands that you and I are very serious to this call of His to love Him, to follow Him. In the case of the first apostles, He wanted it to be very clear for them. Follow me. And in this path of discipleship, He immediately stressed to them, no longer will you be fishermen, but I will make you fishers of men. That statement of our Lord in our love for Him and our desire to imitate Him, to identify ourselves with Him, spells out something that also has to be accepted by every Christian. This would determine His happiness, His joy in the Christian life, His progress, His growth in this love for God depends not only in being follower of Christ, but also in being a fisher of men. Second point of our meditation, we have to understand and help us, Lord, to grasp this very well. That in the Christian life, you wanted us to have a mission. A mission that I gladly accept. A mission to be a fisher of men. You know that um, in the corporate world, there are so many who utilize what you call the mission vision statement uh, in every company. Several make fun of them. They say that what is the mission statement is simply a def- defined as a long, awkward sentence that demonstrates management's inability to think clearly. But actually, joking aside, all good companies have a mission statement. It could be a forceful way to motivate yourself, your team, your department toward a common goal. I noted down one mission statement that has worked a lot for this company, Amazon. Their statement is to be Earth's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover anything they might want to buy online. Even when the company only sold books, this mission helped guide it where it wanted to go. And they have been thriving in that industry. If mission statements are powerful and they are rightly or correctly stated and it is internalized by all members of the company, all employees, from management down to the last staff, it pushes them to work together to unite themselves and at the same time to be motivated in whatever they do. Thinking about our mission as a fisher of men 
and looking at our Lord's statements, skimming through the gospel, I encountered one possible mission statement I propose to you now. Our Lord talked about us, Christians, being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt, he explains, gives flavor to any food. Christians give meaning to the world. We are not only source of the earth, we give light to the world. We give illumination from the teachings of Christ to our lives, our testimonies. We become example and light for so many other souls. In accepting our mission, therefore, tell our Lord right now, Lord, help me to be giving that importance to my apostolic uh, life, to my apostolic mission. The common conception in today's present world is that this task is to serve to the Pope, the bishops, the hierarchy, priests, and all those who are wearing their uniform or their casas or their habits those in the consecrated life, and possibly those in the parishes. Pope St. John Paul II made it quite clear for us in Christi Fidelis Laici, the faithful layman of the church, faithful work of Christ, that we are called to be salt of the earth, all of us, all be baptized. We converted the first Christians who were not the, um, you would say, the hierarchy during that time. The Christians who grew almost by 90% in the first century resulted to powerful examples of other Christians who lived in the world. A letter to Diagnotus states that being consistent with their faith. Who started talking with naturalness to their fellow men about Christ. Who spread that joy and optimism without fail. Who never lost hope. You and I in this world, when hope seems to be lacking, seems to be missing, seems to be difficult to find, we have to continue carrying it in our hearts and like his talk and spread it. Lord, help me to be attractive to other souls, to be a good friend, manifesting your light to them, to be a light of this world. Quite a few persons can grasp this attractiveness of Christ in our day. So many souls are turned off because of the lives of Christians who are inconsistent with what they believe in. You and I are included in here. We seem to be another one person when we attend Mass, when there are very important sacramental celebrations like First Communion, Confirmation, Baptisms, Sacrament of Marriage, or Weddings. We go back to the Church when we have 
funeral masses, and that's it. The Lord's invitation for us today is to consider that our lives as Christians is not only in those celebrations. It involves in that consistency, His presence in the world, in our ordinary tasks. That is how, Lord, we could be light of the world and salt of this earth in the most ordinary of circumstances. We are fishers of men. The Lord has divined this to be part of our identity. As we accepted His love, as we decided to follow Him, the two sides of the coin have to be evident in our lives. Our struggle for holiness and our, this apostolic mandate. I always share the story of um, the bishop who ordained me, who made me a priest. His name is Javier Echeverria. The prelate of those day, before the present one, Monsignor Fernando Cariz. In the 1990s, he used to work with secretaries, other priests of the work, or of Opus Dei. One of them was Don Alberto Garbin, a very outspoken, extrovert priest. He's now in Valencia. First time I met him, I recall, he was the one who told me, in jest, obviously, don't become a priest, he said, <laughs> because it's very demanding. And that's how outspoken he was. And I told him, the father, not only priests have demanding lives, even the laymen or the lay persons. And he said, you're right, you're right. So the first meeting was in a garage. At that time, it was with the uh, students who are studying theology in the work. They are studying in a house called, we call the Roman College. And he left jogging. <laughs> He came back because Don Javier, the prelate, asked of him. He wanted him to be there. And so we smiled at each other because he was right. His life was really demanding. Anyway, so being very extrovert, he speaks his mind and he narrated to us once, 1990s, when Opus Day was about to begin in another country, by the behest or request of St. John Paul II, we had to start in Kazakhstan, a country where there is a majority of Muslims, a nation where you have a temperature beyond, beyond what you and I can imagine here in the Philippines. It's pretty cold there. And besides, the character or temperament of the majority of the Kazakhs are different from people of the West and also people from Asia. So, to follow St. John Paul II, he requested some of his children to think of it, to possibly transfer, change their careers, and live in Kazakhstan, to be in a center of Opus Dei. And he called them to live with him, he called these numeraries, to be there in the general headquarters so that he could spend time with him, transmit to him, to them, certain important points when they are starting the evangelical mission of sanctification of work in that nation. 
However, in that at that time, the people who lived with them, those who were working in the offices of general headquarters, started talking negatively about the nation, the country where they would start. They started to be very pessimistic about the world. And it was in the air, all these negativities, and it reached the ears of Don Alberto Garbin. And so, at one point, when those who will start in Kazakhstan were going up a flight of stairs, and Don Alberto with uh, Don Javier, the parent of Opus Dei, were going down, and they greeted each other, and they, the people who will beat in Kazakhstan were not looking, Don Alberto whispered to the prelate of Opus Dei, whom we call the father. He said, Father, poor guys, right? <laughs> he uses the word in Spanish, pobrecitos. When he was telling us this story, he said that immediately, Don Javier had his eyes, something that he could not describe, so huge, furious, and he looked at him. <laughs> and he imagined it were, they were the eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ looking at St. Peter saying, Get behind me, Satan. And he shouted at him, How can you say, poor guys, don't you realize that the apostolic mission is the most exciting adventure of their lives? They will begin in a country to give testimony to their faith. But perhaps they would not be asked to give up their lives, being martyrs like the first Christians, but they gave themselves 100%. Lord, when you called me, when you wanted me to follow you, to be baptized, you wanted this mission to be awakened as well. That I do not struggle alone. That in my, with my struggle depend so many others. That I don't live alone in an isolated manner. But people are watching me. They look at my example. They need me to be holy. And for some of my friends, Lord, to many of my relatives, you want me to be directly involved living this being a fisher of men. Lord, may I accept this mission of my life. May I include it in my intentions each day. May I be constantly working, praying, and setting example for souls who are around me. A word, a smile each day can do the trick, perhaps. Can lead others to you. Help me be constant. Help me be persevering despite the difficulties, despite the rejection. Because with this attractiveness, my life itself, I can lead so many to you. As St. Paul VI has mentioned as early as his first encyclical that the world needs, what the world needs now are not really teachings that are empty, are not really words thrown at debates, theory. It needs the testimony of life. 
And Lord, I want to be one of those. One of those who give witness to you constantly. Thinking of souls. Wanting, desiring to be salt of the earth and light of the world. We bring all these desires right now and perhaps a few resolutions. Ponder, examine yourself. Among the people I know, among my acquaintances, among my friends, among my cousins, my nephews, my nieces, my relatives, yes, even siblings, who can I bring closer to you? What can I do for them? Concretize this further and leave it to the hands of Our Lady. Leave it in the strong arms of St. Joseph who accepted his mission and he was the happiest man here in this world. St. Joseph, the Blessed Mother, our Virgin, help me to be a fisher of men. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.